following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to Soaring Eagle Casino com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. We are back live across Michigan, hour number two on the only show willing to tell like it is. We're all about huge opinions, big name guests. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. In a moment, Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com will join us. We'll get his thoughts on Michigan basketball. Jerry Palm, CBSSports.com bracketologist, now has Michigan in the NCAA tournament bracket. They were one of the first four out yesterday. You had some action last night. With Oklahoma State losing, that bumped Michigan in. Still some work to do. I think if they split at Illinois, at Indiana, one of those will be a road win that they're in regardless. That would be 12-8 and eight in the Big Ten. I don't care what they do in the Big Ten tournament. We'll talk to Ballas about that. Also, Michigan football has spring break off. And they're back to practice. On Monday, and their spring game will be on April 1st. Doug Skeen will join us later. Graham Couch from Lincoln, Nebraska. And the Couch in the Room podcast on Michigan State. Hosting, well not hosting actually, going on the road at Nebraska. Nebraska's hosting Michigan State. We'll hear from Graham Couch, one of our MSU insiders. Brian Bush, voice of Michigan basketball and the Wolverines. And we have our Bud Light huge question of the day. Who's the next playoff team in Detroit? Wings, Lions, Tigers, or Pistons? I think it's Lions, Wings in that order. Wings have Ottawa tonight. That's a big game after getting hammered last night. Talk to Ken Cal. You can answer that question on the Mercantile Bank listener line. 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. At Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook, and also opt in on that huge text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21,000. All of our social network interaction presented by the Denver Nuggets G League basketball team, the Grand Rapids Gold. They still have home games left on the schedule inside Van Andel Arena in downtown GR. And some breaking news from hockey for the Hawks fans down in Chicago. The New York Rangers have acquired Patrick Kane. Blockbuster deal. NHL trade deadline is happening on Friday. Ken Cal said he doesn't expect the Wings. Maybe some minor league moves, but nothing big. Let's go talk to Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com. Pretty cool to see Michigan in Jerry Palm's NCAA tournament bracket. Uh, the battle that they've wagered since it looked like everything was lost. And Jed Howard out of the lineup and watching Buffkin emerge and getting Dickinson the ball and his 
memorable three. Uh, that's a generational shot right up there with Burke, not as important as a tournament game. And then Doug McDaniel's development. And I'm telling you, like I said, Chris, in my opening huge opinion today, I swear Jed Howard, when he returns, is the fourth option on offense to me. Oh. It's interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see how Juwan Howard nuances that, right? Because you've got a guy in Kobe Bufkin, and I asked Juwan Howard after the game, I said, you know, you've, a couple of weeks ago against Indiana, they had a, nobody who really wanted that seemed to want that shot at the end and, and guys that didn't seem up to the challenge, and now Kobe Bufkin seems to be demanding it. He says, well, we got a bunch of those guys, and then he named them off, and he included Jet Howard in there, and I'm with you. Uh, I've been talking to, you know, people think I've been tough on the kid, and uh, here's the thing. You've got to play both ways in this league. You can't play this like it's an AAU game. And Jet Howard too often doesn't defend. Uh, too often he's chucking up some bad shots. And I'm not saying this team is better without him, but I am saying that there are elements of this team or, that when he's not on the floor, they are better. And we're seeing better ball movement. And we're seeing, uh, like you said, Kobe Bufkin's emergence. So, uh, in my opinion, I agree with you. I think that Jet Howard needs to be more of one of those guys that uh, is residual uh, at times rather than always hunting his shot. And, and jacking up shots early in the shot clock. So, and speaking to some former Michigan stars who played here, they said the same thing, and they were a little bit harsher on him than I was. So, in no way, shape, or form are we ripping this kid. But we, what we are saying is that you've got a good thing going here now with uh, with him out of the lineup and guys really starting to figure out their roles, and he really needs to embrace that. So, uh, it'll be fascinating to see how Juwan Howard handles it because if there are times when he's, you know, there are times when he's been on the floor that you've got four guys playing zone and he's playing man and they give up a wide open three. Going to be interesting to see how he responds to that if Jed Howard's head is not in the game. So, But uh, there's no question that they've taken a step in the right direction. The narrative would be a lot different if if if, uh, if Hunter Dickinson hadn't hit that desperation three, but the, the fact is he did and here we are. So now they've got a legit chance at the tournament. Well, that delicate balance, Chris, and Chris Ballas of the Wolverine.com, the Michigan Insider, checking in on the Meyer guest line. That balance is, you're his dad. And the way Judd Howard has had the offense go through him and he doesn't play on both ends of the floor, that when he's not hitting his shot, and this is what I mentioned an hour ago in my opening huge opinion, when he's not hitting his shot, he's a liability to this team on both ends of the floor. He is, and that's just a fact. That's just a fact. Yeah, I think that's true at times, and there are times, too, you know, he had one game where uh, he had a bad game, and he came back, and he had seven assists, and you're thinking, okay, you know what, he, he's starting to understand that not every shot is a good shot, and uh, you know, and then he went back to his old ways and, and his old habits in and, and games after that, and there are times there, you know, maybe it's unfair to say that he looks disinterested but in playing defense, but there were times when, you know, he'll turn it over, and then he's watching, he's walking back down the floor as the action is going the other end for a layup, and you're thinking, this is unacceptable and uh, you know what's the coach going to do about it and to his credit against Northwestern I think uh, the first meeting against Northwestern might have been the second one uh, he took him off the floor for a 10 minute stretch when Michigan pulled away there when he when he had one of those turnovers and and okay then they turned it up and, and he kind of sent a message so uh, but it's tough it's tough to coach your kid and I am not ripping on Juwan Howard in any way shape or form I am saying that I sympathize with empathize with him frankly as someone who has coached his kid at obviously at different levels but um, you know, it's a tough balance, and it's a tough balance to find, especially when your kid is going to be a first-round NBA draft pick. But you have 
your duty, your first duty is to make sure that your team is winning and, and your first duty is to all those kids. And Jawan Howard treats all these kids like his sons. And, you know, this narrative that he can't develop talent, I think it's gone out the window, right? When you see what he's done with Doug McDaniel and Kobe Bufton now and, and, and Terrace Reed starting to come on. So, uh, but this is something that comes through experience with coaching. Let's be, let's be fair. You know, he's only been coaching as a head coach for four years and it still takes time. Uh, you can be an assistant coach for a long time, but it takes time to learn some of those nuances of the game, and especially when you're coaching your son. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens here these next several games. And maybe this will be a good thing for Jed Howard that uh, he won't feel the pressure uh, that you're Juwan Howard and you know I got three better options, and if Howard's on, you feed him the rock like they did at Iowa where he had the monster right. first half. And if he's not on, you may sit him for 10 minutes because Bufkin's uh, going to work. And the greatest thing I like about Bufkin and I did see at the Wolverine.com, I think it was, Chris, that he is one of the best players in America at finishing at the rim, and that includes yeah. when you're up against, like, seven-footers. Yeah, and I was surprised, and I wrote this in my post-game observations, I was surprised, and Greg Gard actually said it after we wrote it, that they let him get to his, to his left hand as easily as they did, because that action, when he's driving right to left and going through the lane, he's unstoppable. He's got enough lift, uh, and he's got a beautiful touch around the rim. He got hacked, by the way, on the, the last one of the last drives in regulation. The guy about took his head off. There was no call, but uh, made up for it. Uh, you know, they got the shot, and they went in overtime anyway, but um, we've got to see what he can do with his right hand because there are going to be teams that scout him that are going to start to take away that left hand but uh, he has become special in that respect to the point that he's looking at potentially being a top 20 first pick right now Bill and, and he's going to have, might have a decision to make at the end of the year which is disappointing it always seems to happen to Michigan right but uh, right now we're hearing that uh, the people in his camp are, are thinking that hey you know he can come back and be a lottery pick be the leader of this team and again uh, I was on Stu Douglas's podcast with former Michigan Wolverine. He said, you know, he said back in the day, he and even Zach Novak, who weren't nearly on the level of of Jet Howard and Kobe Bufkin, had a little bit of a rivalry there. Uh, these guys have to learn how to coexist and play together too. But right now, if I'm Michigan and if I'm Jawan Howard, I want the ball in Kobe Bufkin's hands down the stretch. Yeah, and to me, it looks like Bufkin's ready to be a first rounder, and Jet Howard needs another year in Ann Arbor. Yeah, kind of. Uh, you know, he's got to add to his game. And we talked to NBA scouts. Uh, I think it was Tracy Webster, actually, from Dallas, who was at one of the games. And he scoffed at the notion a few weeks back that Jet Howard would stick around. But since then, his, his stock has gone down a little bit. And he said, I'm here to see Kobe Bufkin. And uh, they're starting to line up, man. This kid uh, is the real deal. Now you're starting to see him shoot the ball, that clutch shot that he had against Michigan State. He had a pull-up jumper down the stretch when they're down by one against Wisconsin. That is that's NBA stuff, Bill. And uh, and he is still the youngest player on this Michigan team. That's what people don't realize. He's a sophomore, but he's still the youngest player on this team. His ceiling and his upside is tremendous, so you can see why NBA scouts are interested. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com talking Michigan hoops on the Meyer guest line. Ballas is the Michigan insider and also one of the greatest golfers the game has ever seen. Our Tullymore, our Tullymore Spring Football Summit will be happening end of April, early May with Doug Skeen uh, from the Wolverine.com Michigan football podcast and the five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman. He'll join us later. We'll talk spring football and what Michigan needs to work on. They and I like what Harbaugh is doing. He gets things started. They have a spring break, which kind of sends a message that the kids can't go crazy and party because they're coming back uh, to practice uh, right. next week. And they have an early spring game on 
uh, April 1st. So between your columns, uh, what you've had in terms of time with Harbaugh or anybody connected to Michigan football, what seems to be the early theme to the 2023 season? Yeah, two things. These transfers that they brought in from the transfer portal, and I'm putting up a column here as soon as I hang up with you, Bill, about how Michigan has embraced it. These guys are going to help them tremendously, and they're going to continue to go to that well because they love what they're getting. Guys like Olu Oluwatimi, you can go back to Jake Rudock, right, his first year here, and see the guys that have really helped this program, and they have a strong enough culture now that they're not worried about running off the young guys because they want to win. Uh, that's exactly what Mike Elston, Michigan's recruiting coordinator and defensive line coach told me down at the Fiesta Bowl when we were interviewing him, he said, I just still talk about relationships with kids out of high school, not NIL, because we want guys that want to be here and want to win. We don't want them just here for the paycheck, is what he was implying. And then he said, second of all, the kids that we do get, when we get those kids, they embrace the fact that there's more competition coming in here because they know that they're going to make them a better team. They're going to make them better and that the team's going to get better. So they love Amorian Walker at cornerback right now, moving over from wide receiver. So eventually he will be a two-way player, Jim Harbaugh said. But if he can be good, uh, aside from on the other opposite side of Will Johnson there, that cornerback room could be a strength. And uh, really the only things that you're looking at right now are depth. And they think the offensive line is going to be outstanding. J.J. McCarthy, they expect to take a huge leap forward. And, of course, you've got one of the best running back rooms in the country with Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. So a lot of talent. They expect fully expect to win a third Big Ten title is what they're saying. Uh, and you can sense the confidence, and I think they'll be favored going into it, Bill. Yeah, I think they'll be undefeated Big Ten champions again, going to a college football playoff semifinal and uh, run crazy-ass plays on the goal line and not run J.J. McCarthy <laughs> in the first half. <laughs> not anymore, man. Matt Weiss, I'll tell you what, Matt Weiss was the guy calling those uh, plays down there in the red zone, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. We should have known when all he was doing was holding his laptop and not even paying attention to the plays. I have no comment on that. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll say. So where where will it be different though? Has this been brought yeah. up that with Weiss out because of the computer allegations, issues, whatever? Will, will there be a different style play calling for Michigan? Because man, I, I go back, Chris, and and everyone I talk to, and a ton of Michigan fans will always bring up that first half uh, where really you had, you know, Michigan might have had three bad halves of football. Uh, the entire year that look at the Ohio State game, look at the play calling, execution, creativity, uh, the un- unexpected deep balls, everything that was there. You were like, that's it. That's how Michigan wins a national championship. And then they had too much time to outthink themselves for at least that first yeah. half of TCU. Because when you look at that second half, and I rewatched the game, Michigan should have put 60 plus on TCU. Yep. They should have, just like Georgia did. Yeah. yeah. You know, probably and probably could have. Let's be honest. They scored forty-five points. They had, you know, if they take the three at the goal line rather than that goofy Philly special play, and they don't fumble on first and goal from the half yard line, there's ten more points right there, and you're at fifty-five. So uh, there's no doubt that that should have been the case. Uh, it's unfortunate, but you know what? You can't get it back, so you look forward. And I think what it's done anyway is, if you look at J.J. McCarthy, it's made him even hungrier to come back and prove that it was a fluke. Those two interceptions that he had, those pick sixes, did not sit well with him, uh, and he, they won't soon be forgotten. So uh, we asked Jim Harbaugh, 
well, you know, what is the, the goal with J.J. McCarthy in terms of how much more you can put on his plate? And he said he's been thinking a lot about that. You don't want him to get hurt because your backups are Jack Tuttle, Davis Warren, who are okay, uh, but they're not J.J. McCarthy. But at the same time, there are so many more things that you can do with him in the running game, in my opinion, and in the passing game. And I expect I expect better. I think Kirk Campbell will be more involved, the new quarterback's coach. He said that he was involved on first and second down plays last year in the passing game and developing that. I think you'll see him more involved. He was really good in that respect at Old Dominion when he was the uh, the quarterback's coach there and the offensive coordinator. So uh, we'll see. But I do love having Sharon Moore there as well. I think you'll see him have more responsibility. And as Joel Klatt, Fox analyst, and everybody else said, that's a good thing for Michigan. You know, speaking of a good thing for Michigan, Chris, what you just mentioned earlier in the conversation, you know, they're, they're preseason top two, at worst top three in any of these way too early college football polls that they they are locked in with Ohio State at home. They are locked in on the uh, on the very strong possibility of three straight Big Ten championship seasons and three straight college football playoff appearances. Yeah, that, that, that's a lot. That, that's what every Michigan fan dreamed of, and they've wanted from every coach, and it's why they went out and got Harbaugh. Yeah, 100%. And sometimes it takes a little bit longer, and I think Jim outthought himself. And after that first big loss to Ohio State, uh, you know, he thought, okay, uh, this is what we have to overhaul everything. I think people kind of talked him into it and getting away from his roots. And he's starting to find out that, hey, you know what? The way that I was doing it is certainly capable of winning the Big Ten. And if you win the Big Ten and you're in that Final Four, then you got at least a puncher's chance. Now, they blew it this year. They had no shot against Georgia a couple years ago, if we're being honest. Uh, and who knows what would happened in that Georgia game this year. They looked awfully damn good to me. So I still think that those SEC programs are a cut above because they have the talent and they have that anything goes mentality. But if you get there and you have a chance, Bill, then really that's what you aspire to, right? And if you can win the Big Ten, and and let's be clear, uh, these last two Ohio State games, there was no doubt. They were the better team. Michigan dominated them. We've heard people say last year was a fluke, and I said the only fluke is that it wasn't 29 instead of 22 because some official blew a play dead that shouldn't have been blown down. They went down there and they dominated the second half of that game and they deserve to win. You can win that way. Uh, Can you win a national title that way? That remains to be seen, but it was good to see Jim Harbaugh get back to his roots. I don't see him anticipate him changing that going forward. And and here's Michigan football, just as we expected under Jim Harbaugh. You know, I get the programs at Alabama and Georgia and you look at the big boys, but you have the quarterback coming back. You you just went through, they're working on depth during this offseason and when they resume spring ball on Monday, you know, to me with, with McCarthy and with what they have, my only question is, can Harbaugh and his staff play call their way to a national championship? And also do yeah. you stay healthy, right? Yeah, 100%. Uh, and the health is the big thing. And they've overcome some huge injuries here the last couple of years. Ronnie Bell, the first year, that was one of the guys that we said they could least afford to lose, right? And then they go out and win a championship without him. And then still win the Big Ten title, beat Ohio State and Purdue with Donovan Edwards in there instead of Blake Corum. And let's be clear, Blake Corum is a better back right now than Donovan Edwards. Donovan Edwards is a great back. Blake Corum is a Heisman Trophy candidate. So to be over, to be able to overcome that is great. But when you get up against these Georgia and Alabama, teams. You're talking about guys, you know, Michigan's got a ton of guys in, at the NFL Combine here, but these guys are all going to be going anywhere from the second to the, the sixth round. When you're talking Georgia and Alabama, uh, remember that Georgia defense last year and how 
many guys were first-round picks, and you're like, that's just absolutely sick. And all these guys are going to be playing on Sundays at a high level and, and be high draft picks. So there is still a talent gap there. I don't think there's any question about it. But it's something that, like you said, if you scheme up a great game like they did against Ohio State, right, they, they threw everything at them, then you have a chance to beat those teams. And, and it's like I said, you win the Big Ten, you're going to get that opportunity. It's unfortunate they didn't take that, let, that next step last year when they lost to TCU. They were better than them. They probably win that game eight times out of ten. Uh, some of the Michigan coaches that we've spoken with said they probably were a little bit too uh, too overconfident going into that game. But uh, it's a missed opportunity, but now you got another one, and program certainly seems to be on solid footing going forward. Yeah, and the timing's really good for Harbaugh and McCarthy in Michigan because they get that run through 2023, and that's before UCLA and USC uh, will join the Big Ten. And I think we're going to see no divisions uh, we're going to see a different pod st- uh, style home and home series, and it will be something maybe similar to what the ACC is doing. But I believe this is the last year for divisions in the Big Ten. I really do. I agree. I agree, and I think you're going to see an expanded playoff too. Obviously, and that's going to twelve teams. Uh oh. Yep. Has to be. And, we'll and be. so some so some two two loss teams will have to be will be able to get in there too. So even if you lose, if you're playing a tougher schedule, even if you lose one or two of those big games, you're still gonna have an opportunity to get in there and prove yourself in the postseason. So yeah, it does cheapen the, the the regular season a little bit, but it makes it a lot more exciting because there let's be honest, there are teams last year, uh, Alabama being one of them that probably, you know, would have would have made some, done some damage in the uh, in the final four as well. Well, so I think it'll be good for college football. Yeah, I think you're going to have the toughest task if you're the new look Big Ten in 2024 when UCLA and SC come in from Los Angeles, and I'm talking football, is how do you weight the schedule compared to what the TV networks and the $7 billion plus will want? Because Michigan is such a big TV draw. You're Michigan. Yep. If you're going to protect two rivalries, I think it would be Michigan State and Ohio State. Then now what do you do? Play USC and UCLA every other year to balance that? Is Penn yeah. State an every other year thing? I mean, how do you how do you weight it in the Big Ten? Because if I'm the West schools, when, when they change to no divisions, it's going to change the world for Luke Fickle, the new head coach at Wisconsin, for PJ at Minnesota, uh, for Rule out in Nebraska, because now you're adding UCLA and SC. So you have to get by... Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, UCLA, USC, Michigan, or State, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska. We'll see what Rule does. I mean, Northwestern with Fitzgerald. I mean, go down the list. Where Where's the gimme game? Illinois, uh, Indiana, I think, will, you know, they'll be going through their, you know, every other five-year regime change. Look at the depth in the Big Ten. That is crazy. It is, yep, and it's going to be so. It's going to be interesting. It's, I agree with you 100. percent Michigan, Ohio State isn't good, is going to be protected for sure. So every year, one of those teams is going to have a loss, right? And uh, is Indiana is, say say Indiana has a great year and Purdue's their protected rivalry, and Purdue seems to be trending downward, uh, you know, with Brom leaving. So um, you know, it isn't fair, but you know what? It's just the way it is, and it's something that Michigan has dealt with 
for a long time. I mean, they was Wisconsin on the schedule, right, for six years in a row or something like that. It was crazy. And it was supposed to be Nebraska replacing them with the thought that Nebraska was going to be really good uh, for six years in a row. And I'm thinking, okay, there's something wrong here, you know. But it is driven by TV and it is driven by money. And you're not going to hear them make excuses about it. But Nebraska is a, a tough place to play. There's no question about it. I think there will be three protected games. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see who Michigan chooses in those. Uh, you know what? There's been talk about Minnesota too with the Little Brown Jug game and everything else. So uh, it'll be it'll be fascinating. But it's changing, Bill. It always is now, and uh, it is. You know, I'm I'm a traditionalist. You know, if it were up to me, we'd go back to ten, and uh, everybody plays everybody. But those days are long gone, and uh, you know, it's only a matter of time before all these guys are getting paid a salary, in my opinion. And uh, it's just you know that's just the way that college football is trending. Yeah, I think there are three protected would be Ohio State, Michigan State, and Minnesota. They're not going to want to protect like UCLA and USC in three games you could lose. I I think it would be those three, and then we'll see how it works out. Also, if you go to the top two in the conference play in the Big Ten Championship after UCLA and USC joins, uh, how do you do that with the weighted schedule? Is there almost like a Big Ten Championship playoff rankings that would base it based on strength of schedule on who the top two are in the conference title game a lot to do but man i'll tell you what adding ucla and usc to the conference gonna be awesome in football hoops baseball go down the list chris ballas from the wolverine.com he's the man he is unbelievable on the golf course kind of like a young lee trevino Yeah. Tell him more well, golf. Temper- Tell him more golf. Same Spring football summit will be happening end of April, early May, where we'll look back at the Michigan Spring game, talk Michigan, Michigan State, Big Ten, and your Lions. So we'll probably do it right after the draft with the Lions. Can't wait. And you know what? Uh, we'll have positive things to say about the Lions this year, which means they'll probably tank going, next year. Going, going to the two Super Bowls next five years for the Lions. <laughs> they do that, Bill. Uh, I will buy the rest of your golf for the rest of your life, wherever you want to play. There you have it. It's on record. So hey, 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 hold on. I'm just making sure the record button is yeah. on the computer right now. Chris, we love you, my yeah. man. Thanks, brother. Take All right. care. Yeah, Chris Ballas of the Wolverine.com checking in on the Meyer guest line. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with the University of Michigan Athletics. Ballas does the Michigan football podcast with Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion, Michigan offensive lineman, Skeener. Well, join us next. We'll get his thoughts on what Michigan needs to work on this offseason. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. Hey, Michigan, let's go big. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver, and I'm talking real big-time winning on the hottest slots and table games on one incredible app. Eagle Casino and Sports. Sign up now and get up to $1,500. That's right. We'll match your first two deposits for up to $1,500 plus 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Have you been to a Grand Rapids Gold basketball game yet inside Van Andel Arena? They're the Denver Nuggets G League team, and they feature talent from Kentucky, Baylor, Stanford, Duke, and more. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com or the Van Andel Arena box office. And don't forget their home game specials. Tuesdays, two-for-one tickets. Thursdays, $2 beers and $2 dogs. And the Sunday Family 4-Pack. Get four tickets and a $20 concession voucher for only 50 bucks. Get your Grand Rapids Gold tickets now. 
At Mercantile Bank, we believe in empowering the communities we serve and that financially strong individuals and families are vital for building strong communities. That's why we're committed to providing budgeting tools and interactive resources designed to help you take charge of your finances. Our friendly staff is always here to help answer questions and provide solutions to help you reach your goals. Call, stop in, or visit us online at MercBank.com to learn more. And let's help you make today count. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Are you ready for a fun and exciting challenge? Well, you can join Van Andel Institute Purple Community for the second annual Be Brave Puzzle event on March 11th. Gather your team of four and compete to be named the Puzzle Master. Teams will have two hours to complete a 500-piece puzzle, so bring your problem-solving skills to the table. This exciting event raises funds for breast cancer research at Van Andel Institute in downtown GR. Learn more at VAI.org. Life as a grown-up, not what you thought it would be, right? The meetings, the stress, the boredom, and that one big question, does any of this matter? Then you became a cop, not what you thought it would be, right? The pride, the honor, the love for the brothers and sisters who served with you, the family who reminds you how much you matter. Being a cop, not what you thought, right? Just what you needed, I guess. Visit michiganpolicechiefs.org. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Huge show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our talented executive producer. In a moment, Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman at the University of Michigan will join us. We'll get his thoughts on what Michigan should be working on in spring ball and the offseason. As Ballas just said in the previous segment, and I echoed it, this could be three straight Big Ten championships and three straight trips to the Final Four, and I can say with conviction that the bar has been raised that the Michigan fan now wants that national championship. You have J.J. McCarthy, you have Quorum, you have Edwards, the whole line, that secondary. I, the only thing missing would be that burner wide receiver that a five-yard reception becomes a touchdown. That just, you know, that Tyreek Hill, Jamison Williams type wideout. Let's go talk about Michigan football. Doug Skeen, like I mentioned, five-time Big Ten champion, late 80s, early 90s, part of the Michigan football podcast. You can hear with Chris Ballas at the Wolverine.com. He joins us. How you doing, Skeener? Doug? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you now, man. I just probably did the greatest lead-in ever to you. Can you hear me? <laughs> I, I hear you now. What are you? Yeah, you you trying to? Is your Apple Play coming on while you're talking? I don't know what happened there. That's okay. Man. Not always. You don't have to apologize. It's the huge show. We don't apologize for anything. How you? <laughs> how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Thanks for having me. You know, it was interesting in our 15 minute conversation with Ballas that if you step back and look where Michigan's at, what they have returning, where they are in all the preseason polls how the schedule sets up. 
Uh, you're looking at a team that could win three straight Big Ten titles with three straight trips to the college football Final Four. I don't think there's any question. That's the expectation. That's the floor at this point. I mean, anything short of a Big Ten title and getting back into that playoff, I think, would be disappointing considering the quality of the players that are returning and the experience they have and what they've done. So this is no longer about uh, let's see if we can get over the Ohio State hump and and, and then see what happens after that. Now it's uh, we're absolutely expecting to get over the Big Ten once again and then let's let's improve this performance in the playoff because the last two have been a dud. So when you look at this Michigan team right now off of what you witnessed in their finale against TCU and you were sitting in a a room as a assistant to Harbaugh, well what would you tell Jim, look, we need to improve here, here and here, whatever's on that list for us to be a national champion. What would those areas be during this offseason? Offensively, I don't think there's any question. This passing game needs to find a second or third level to be more than uh, more than the short, you know, sort of break routes and the occasional bomb. It's got to be more dynamic. It's got to be more consistent, and uh, that comes down to the players, right? The, the the wide receiving core needs to do a better job of getting open. Uh, needs to do a better job of catching every ball that hits him in the hands. Uh, you mentioned in the opening there, leading into this time with me, that Michigan is. We don't have that breakaway receiver, so somebody's got to step up in that uniform on the edge of this offense and make some things happen. I, you you nailed it at the end of the season. Michigan finished the season 79th in college football passing. That's nowhere near good enough come playoff time, and we've seen that now a couple of years in a row. It's heavy run offense, which is great. You can do a lot with those things, but eventually you got to open that thing up. And so that's, I think, it's critical for Michigan to take the next step. And then the other piece defensively uh, we saw in that TCU game, if you can't get to the quarterback and cause problems, uh, you're going to make life difficult on the rest of your defense. So Michigan's going to have to find a way to get back to some kind of pressure from two years ago. You know, I don't think anybody needs to be Hutch and Ajabo, but we need someone else to step up and be the new guy that gets, gets home and gets home with consistency. And it needs to be more than just one, Bill. You need to have two guys that are a pass rush threat to make an offense go, all right, how are we going to block these guys? So those are the two things. They're not shocking by any way at all, but those are the two things I think Michigan's going to have to find a a way to get better at. And good news, Menner looks like he'll be staying. They didn't want to lose a defensive coordinator for the second straight year, and I thought he did a great job considering you lost a job, Owen Hutch. He won't be going to the Eagles who are going to go after uh, Seattle's assistant so that's good news get some stability get i know weiss is out but you know he was calling those third down plays and like i told ballas scheme you've got to find a way to make the threat of jj mccarthy running to help your passing game you have to well yeah you, well, well when you got a player like him who's got the kind of wheels and i don't think there's any question about it and i wonder you know, back to that TCU game, there were a few read option plays where clearly yes. the defensive end bent hard, and it's like, why did you not keep the ball and go get a first down or more? And so I think that's part of J.J.'s progression is to, again, build on the physical part of his body here in the offseason and get stronger and get bigger and get tougher. That's what you do this time of year. And so hopefully he's going to have more of that next year because clearly it's a, it's a problem for defenses, and Michigan has been on the wrong end of this 
for decades and decades with the running quarterback thing. But finally, we got a guy who's a real threat and and the threat with the arm. You know, we have, we've had incredibly good running quarterbacks here in the last 15, 20 years at Michigan, but never really had one that's both. And this, this kid has got the chance to be special. So he's just got to figure out a way to be more effective with his feet. And, and reality is, Bill, he was last year. He's made some big plays. I think at the you know end of the end of the year there at Ohio State with his feet, you know, put his shoulder down there, piled piled one into the end zone. So the elements are all there. He's clearly done it. Just maybe taking one more step to get even better is all, is all he needs to do. Yeah, and I think everyone needs to step back a little bit and enjoy this ride. Here you are, preseason top three at the worst in any. Of uh, those way too early prognostications, and you're loaded. Uh, it's a salty schedule, but you get Ohio State at home, and you're looking at quarterback changes. If you want to get into the conversation nationally on how many of these superpowers are going to be flipping out quarterbacks, including Georgia and Ohio State and Alabama, and you have JJ McCarthy, you know, I agree with you. The floor is just. Doing what you did last year, uh, win the Big Ten, get to the Final Four. I think expectations with the Michigan Nation is a national championship. Yeah, I, I I don't think that's a stretch at all. You know, a year ago that might have been a bit of a stretch. We weren't sure. Two years ago, for sure, that was fantasy talk. Now the bar has absolutely been raised, and us Michigan fans and former players, we get greedy, don't we? We we see some success and we see some performance, and we go okay. Let's let's go win it all, and why not? I mean, they should absolutely be thinking this way, and I'm I'm betting that that football team is going to gather this fall, and that's going to be probably the number one goal they put on the wall is to run the table and win this thing. They certainly believe they can. They just got to perform better in, in that playoff. The the other thing that'll be fascinating for me, Bill, is is this kind of discussion and this kind of expectation changes the position of Michigan. Michigan is now going to be the hunted in the Big Ten. And in the previous years, they've been part of the pack that's all been hunting Ohio State. Well, now that role changes, and it's a different role, having been there and done that myself. And the old cliche is true. It's harder to stay on top than to crawl to the top. So as far as the Big Ten goes, Michigan has crawled that mountain, and they're at the top. So everybody's shooting for them now. And so it it takes a little bit more intensity and, and preparation for all those games outside of Ohio State. And then when you get into the playoffs at the end of the year, you got to perform. you got to find a way to make plays and not get out of sorts like we've seen the last couple of years. Yeah, I was looking at the final AP Top 25 poll. Georgia lost their quarterback. TCU lost their quarterback. Michigan, J.J. returning. Ohio State loses their QB. Bryce Young gone at Alabama. Hooker gone at Tennessee. There's your five of the top six. Matter of fact, the only team with a quarterback of note returning – you probably would drop down to USC at 12 and then Michigan there at number three. So it's going to be another fun ride. Doug Skeen will join us for our Tullymore Spring Football Summit. That will be after the Michigan Spring game, after the Lions draft. We'll talk Michigan, Michigan State, Big Ten football and the Lions at the beautiful Tullymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. I think they open up around the middle of April. Skeener, my best to you and your family, my friend. Hey, same to you, Bill. Thanks for having me. Go Blue. All right, Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman at the University of Michigan, late 80s, early 90s. Also a co-host on the Michigan Football Podcast at thewolverine.com. Joining us on the Meyer Guest Line. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with University of Michigan Athletics. We do have our Bud Light huge question of the day. 
off of Ken Cal's appearance earlier, the voice of the Wings, and the Wings have Ottawa tonight. Who's next to get back to the playoffs in Detroit? Lions, Wings, Pistons, Tigers. Answer that question on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook. All of our social network interaction presented by the Denver Nuggets G League basketball team, the Grand Rapids Gold, who now play their home games inside Van Andel Arena in downtown GR. They still have some great home dates left on the schedule. Just go to Ticketmaster.com and secure your tickets. To the callers online, Michigan will hear you next. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Get more for your money this week at Meyer. Right now, when you buy six select items, you'll save $3, including Prego Pasta Sauce, Dan and Light and Fit, or Oikos Greek Yogurt, and Meyer Food Storage Bags. Plus, Coca-Cola or Pepsi products are buy six, save $3, plus deposit where applicable. And pay the same low Meyer prices no matter how you shop, in-store or online. Get more for your money at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Huge here for my good friend Tom Rosenbach. Now, he's a managing partner at Bean Garter. They are one of America's top accounting and business firms, and they're stronger than ever before with their new partnership with Dorn Mayhew from the east side of Michigan. If you're a small business, big business, and you're looking for the professionals who can help your business on any tax or business need you have, go to beangarter.com. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. And we're close to March Madness, so be looking for our huge bracket challenge where you could win big cash, courtesy of Tom Rosenbach and his team from Bean Garter. We'll have more details in the coming weeks. But if you're a business decision maker or owner and you're looking for professionals to help your business, contact Tom Rosenbach and his team at Bean Garter. B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. We play for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. The Winery Dogs, live in concert Monday, March 13th at 7.30 p.m. live on stage at the Voss Performance Hall. Back in full force, don't miss the vibrant powerhouse trio, the Winery Dogs, with their fresh hooks, gut bucket grooves, and bold harmonies. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com, March 13th at DeVos Performance Hall. For tour info, check out thewinerydogs.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network.
are back live across Michigan, 19 radio stations strong. For the one close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Graham Couch from the Lansing State Journal, opinion maker, co-host of Couch in the Roof podcast. He'll be coming up here in about 10 minutes. We'll get his thoughts on Michigan State, Izzo, and the boys in Nebraska. Will it be a field of dreams or a field of screams against Hoiberg and the Huskers? How will they rebound after that gut punch at Iowa? We'll talk to Graham Couch, also Brian Bush, voice of Michigan basketball and the Wolverines, who according to Mr. Palm... At CBSSports.com, their bracketologist now is in the NCAA tournament field because of a couple losses last night by teams on the bubble. We also threw out our Bud Light huge question of the day. Next pro Detroit team to make it back to the playoffs, Lions, Pistons, Tigers, or Wings? Answer that question on the Mercantile Bank listener line at 1-866-838-4843. That is 1-866-838-HUGE. I'll go in order. I don't know if the Wings are going to have enough to get there this spring. I'll go Lions, Wings, Tigers, Pistons. I want to flip it. Maybe do... I'll flip it. I'll go Lions, Wings, Pistons, Tigers. How they're having to restart the rebuild is frightening. Now, if you miss any of our huge opinions, interviews, hours, or full shows, our podcasts are free and we are everywhere. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. That's huge.